This episode is brought to you by our partnership with Grand Canyon University. Welcome to the Ignite Project. I'm Jessica Solano, Director of Recruitment and Engagement, and today for our season two finale, we have the awesome pleasure of getting to have our new superintendent, Superintendent Hyde, with us today. Welcome. Thank you for being on the show. Absolute pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> for sure. And I still say new because we aren't even really even at a full year. Nope. At July this 1st. That's amazing. Amazing. So just to kind of give everyone, our listeners a background um, of you, you've been in education for about 20 years, starting as a middle school teacher in Sarasota County, Correct. been an assistant principal, gone to the DOE, um, been a chief academic officer, superintendent in Illinois, now here with us. And even though it's only been uh, less than a year, I feel like there's been a lot of change, mm -hmm. a lot of positive change in our district, which has been great. Um, so then that's really the theme that we're going with today is especially for teachers who are winding down the school year, we're about to get into the summer. We're exhausted and we're tired from a long year, but we also wanna make sure that we're reflecting sure. on the positives and the things that need to change and then looking forward for next year. And something that I know as a teacher I heard all the time and that I still hear is um, when we wanna make change, sometimes we hit that main wall of, well, this is the way that it's always been. Sure. Right? And so I, I love this quote by Catherine DeVry. Remember that the six most expensive words in business are, we've always done it that way. Mm -hmm. And for us, that expense is human capital, it's cost, student learning. Um, so it's been definitely really exciting to see a lot of the change and throwing out that idea of, well, we've always done it this way. Mm -hmm. So first question for you is, um, what would you say if you thought back on this past year would be three ways that you and your team have really made a positive impact on creating change in our school district? Uh, so I'm going to start with just being visible. I think getting out into community, listening to stakeholders, whether they're stakeholders that are directly involved in delivering services to our students, and that includes all of our employees, or we talk about stakeholders from the community perspective, right? Faith-based leaders, business leaders, community leaders, parents, grandparents, you know, alumni. Yeah. It's really important to get their perspective of what's going well in Polk County and what's not. And, and so I think one of the successes this year has been visibility mm -hmm. and stability as a direct result. You know, anytime you have a change in leadership, there's always that question mark. What's the new leader like? What are they? Right. What will he or she want or demand from our system? And I think what I've tried to do is enter our school system in a very positive, professional, respectful way, mm -hmm. acknowledging some areas where we absolutely flourish as a school district, but recognizing very quickly where frustrations lie right. and how do we start working to attack those without hurting people's feelings. And I think that's an important part is you can make change come about mm -hmm. in a respectful, positive way. Um, but you have to take the time to explain yourself and, and support those initiatives as well. I think successfully negotiating multiple contracts almost <laughs> yes. immediately upon arrival, uh -huh. again, provided some stability. It also let me get myself out there, my leadership style and how I approach our employees, where, where my values lie for our employees. I think that brought a high level of, uh, of positive feedback as well and an affirmation for them that change that's coming is going to be a good thing. Right. It's going to be progressive. It's going to be systemic. Um, but that we don't have to be fearful of it because I've also provided the reassurance that we're not going to add anything new without taking away. Right. Uh, very recently, we demonstrated that, you know, we, we've done some reorganization within the district level positions, added a few new ones, consolidated others, elevated people's right. positions. First time we've done a comprehensive job study in a long time. Yeah. 
to reevaluate duties and responsibilities and make sure people are in the right roles and that they're being compensated fairly. But at the same time, we've started doing a deep dive on contracted services right. and been more reflective on what could we do because we have that talent here mm -hmm. and why are we relying on external contracted services? And so I think we've started to whittle away at that and start to build our fund balance as a result. So that will allow us to provide greater longevity and stability for our employees moving forward. That's awesome. So there's a lot more than that, but I think those are three huge initiatives on the front. Obviously, strategic plan. Right. You know, I've said it countless times in the public. It's hard to inherit somebody else's strategic plan. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like inheriting somebody else's walk-in closet. <laughs> some things will fit, some things won't, some things will look good on you, some things will look hideous on you. <laughs> right. So inheriting someone else's vision mm -hmm. is really hard to fulfill because you weren't part of the development of it and you make a lot of assumptions right. by what was really meant there. So to have the opportunity to set a new direction with all of our, co our collaborative processes, because again, the vision and strategic plan is not mine alone, it's right. a comprehensive needs assessment and how do we best address that. So I'm excited about that. I think, so you asked for three, I gave you multiples, but <laughs> It's important because a lot of good work has happened this year so far. Right. right. And from an outside perspective, I think that's something that we see all, a lot is mm -hmm. that you're able to have these conversations, collaborative conversations that are extremely respectful. No matter where the different perspectives are coming, I think that that ability to be able to get everyone on a shared common goal mm -hmm. is something that we can feel all over the district and saying, okay, it's it's not me against them. Mm -hmm. It's it's us working to, together to try and get to these common goals that we have. Yeah and respecting each other along the way. So that's great. Absolutely. Um, and of course, it wasn't a year filled with only successes. I'm sure there were some things, some lessons learned along the way. So what would you say would now kind of reflecting back some things that you're, you've learned from or things that you'd want to change for next year? You know, I, I think um, there weren't any negative experiences. I think what you learn coming into Polk, and I, I felt fairly confident with it upon arrival because I, I made note of it while we were interviewing. Mm -hmm. It's what attracted me to Polk was the fact that anyone who came here would have to balance how, you know, how do we best retain our values and our heritage as Polk County mm -hmm. as we grow. Right. And we're not growing because our family's necessarily growing. Thankfully, some of them are. <laughs> but we're growing because there's a lot of people from outside of Polk that are coming here. Right. And so when that happens, you have to be very respectful of, again, the heritage that you have currently and how do you balance new with old mm -hmm. so that people don't feel like they're, you're eroding their values, their beliefs, their, their history. And so that's been a challenge. So as we grow, trying to meet the demands of that growth right. while keeping that in mind is gonna be difficult for us. Right. Um, and so we've learned to take a little bit slower pace, take our time listening to communities. Mm -hmm. um, we had a great example of that with Alturas Elementary School. Mm -hmm. Everything on paper said that we should relocate that school and to a brand new facility right. until such time as we could build a new school on the Alturas campus. But I will tell you, that community, um, and kudos to them, yeah. but they had such pride in there and, and they were like, no, we want to retain, this is our community school. That's awesome. And you have to be respectful of that. Right. And, and so there's some lessons there. Um, I think additionally, looking um, at the benefits there, there are so many people here who are vested in seeing Polk County do well. Mm -hmm. And everyone here recognizes the county will not flourish without a flourishing school system. Right. So I don't know if there's a lesson learned there as much as there's an acknowledgement that we have to tap into that. Right. And truly, when we talk about collaboration, I mean, it's easy to say, it's hard to do. Right. We really have to focus our energy there because there are so many varied interests 
who want to see us flourish, mm-hmm. that we need to not necessarily serve as, uh, from a recruitment perspective, like bringing people in who, mm-hmm. and, and trying to find people who want to, to assist us. Right. It's really me managing all of them and all of their varied interests and skills and, and opportunities they can bring to us. We have to balance that right. um, to ensure that it's focused and intentional. So I don't think there's been any real challenges. You know, you, the only real challenge you have as a new superintendent depending on your personality, your style, your experience level, is really managing your board. Right. It, it, people don't realize, you know, and I'm married. I've been successfully married for 28 years. That's awesome. We've been together for almost 30, or a little over 30. Um, but it is seven relationships. Mm-hmm. And our board is are dedicated, they're passionate, they each have, and this is what I love about our board, they're so well balanced, mm-hmm. that each one brings a unique a unique interest yeah. or uh, or skill set to the table, but you have to nurture. It's like any other relationship. You have to right. spend time there, and you have to learn how to communicate, when to communicate, um, communication styles. It's it's an interesting process, and so I would say that's initially that's your only challenge coming mm-hmm. in. My only challenge this year, um, because everything else, I'd be facing everywhere else. COVID right. was real for everyone. Um, you know, enrollment issues are real for a lot of people, but. Those are the kinds of things. Is build, how do you build those relationships, mm-hmm. being the new person? Because I'm really the only true outsider. Everyone else has been here. <laughs> right, right. You know, so you're trying to integrate yourself into a, into a climate and balancing that so that people understand you don't expect everyone to come to you, that mm-hmm. you're willing to meet them where they are as well, um, so long as it's not just about status quo. Right, right. And I think that's really valuable that you're bringing that in. And even from a leadership perspective, even from a classroom teacher perspective and working with different colleagues, I think that's something we hear about a lot is I have a brand new team or I'm working on this team and I don't know how to get buy-in from other people. And I think that that really speaks volumes to the power of investing in the relationship and not just expecting, hey, sure. this is how it has to be done and I'm going to rule with an iron mm-hmm. fist and we're just going to make it happen. Um, but you can see the payoff of those relationships that you're building, even though we're not all there watching that go down. We can see it in the board meetings and the work sessions that there is truly a mutual respect and relationships being built and invested in. And that's important because we don't have to always agree. Right. And I think right. oftentimes people see a board and a superintendent be in disagreement, mm-hmm. whether it's individuals or collectively, we may be in disagreement. But that's the power of the roles. You know, we, we need to be mutually respectful and hear each other and, and learn from each other. And again, I work for the board, but I work in service to our students and right. staff, and I will always take that position. Um, but our disagreements are professional. Mm-hmm. They're based off facts, not necessarily opinions or feelings, and that's an important distinction there as well. And yeah. just because they may see a back and forth, um, it doesn't mean that we're at odds. Right. I mean, everyone has to be able to have meaningful discussions without their feelings getting hurt or right. or becoming adversarial. Right. So no, I think absolutely. we model that behavior well, actually. I was just going to say that. You would really do. I think there's times when we've seen, well, and we've all experienced it, when mm-hmm. I'm having that awkward conversation and it's not going so well, but it's sometimes where you can see like, oh, okay, they're, they're definitely mm-hmm. disagreeing here, but it is always yes ma'am, no problem, you know, and it's very, it's just collegial and friendly, which I think is really incredible. Thank you. Um, So we're looking ahead now. We got 2021, 22 school year behind us and looking ahead, there's a lot of changes still coming. Yes. Um, What would you say are your like two to three big goals that you have for our upcoming school year? Getting collaborative councils um, up and running even further. So we established those this year. Collaborative councils are a balance between classroom level teachers and our, our school level administrators. Awesome. We also seed some district administrators. 
we have a total of 12 collaborative counselors. There's one for early childhood, one for elementary, middle school, high school. There's one for specials areas. There's one for uh, special education, for EL services. And what the collaborative counselors process and what they're, what they're intended to provide is, is the teacher voice and mm -hmm. the school level voice. So what sounds good in a boardroom, what sounds good in an office, uh, you know, as, as educators may not necessarily have the best practical exp application. And we have to be considerate of those who are asking to implement things mm -hmm. to hear their feedback um, because we may be doing something redundant on top of something that already exists. And right. so we want to be open. And so what collaborative councils will allow us to do is bring new initiatives and ideas forward for a vetting, for, for full discussion and disclosure. And then it's not a decision-making body, but it is one I rely on heavily. I've had, I've had collaborative councils in two, my two previous districts. And they've been incredibly informative. They've helped us avoid a lot of mistakes. That's awesome. More often than not, all the questions that are asked when when they're challenging new thinking and new ideas or new new initiatives ends up building the best FAQ you could ever build. Right, that's true. So we, we track every question that's asked, and then we type out thorough responses because that then becomes a handbook that we can give to everyone else. Wow. So with so many big things on the horizon, so we talk about going one-to-one. -one. Mm -hmm. Every kid has a device. That is the easiest part. The hardest part is how are we going to shift our practices and our focus so that technology becomes a way to open instruction and make that shift from sage on the stage or you know depending on who, what school you went to a direct instructional model sure. to one where the teacher can truly start to function as a facilitator where students can then use the technology to differentiate their own learning still striving for the same academic outcomes but again, that's a very difficult process to transition to. We, we've been very static in a paper, pencil, textbook-based environment. Right. And now technology, um, what it won't be for us is just kids staring at it because that's now become just a digital text. Right. I can do that with a Nook. I can mm -hmm. do that with a Kindle. We actually want technology to provide our students with 21st century skills, let them learn how to vet information appropriately, but more importantly, how to apply their learning in meaningful and relevant ways mm -hmm. and to challenge a lot of the problems that we're going to face in the near future. Um, so that's one big initiative. Growth um, for us is going to be something we're and, and continue to address the salary disparities that we've had. Right. You know, for, for years, Polk County has really struggled financially. We're finally finding ourselves in, you know, knock on wood, we don't yeah. end up with a recession. Um, but we're finally digging our way out of that hole. And um, I'm really proud of that. I'm yeah. proud to be able to bring those opportunities to our staff. Finding meaningful ways to value our teachers and not pull our best teachers out of the classroom and mm -hmm. tell them there's a way for you to earn extra money. We're still going to tap into that talent, but we don't necessarily need you to leave the classroom full time. Sure. So how do we create job embedded coaching opportunities for our teachers? Um, we're going to revamp professional development. We're going to revamp the leadership pipelines um, because we need to get more people through. Um, but additionally, we need to see a higher placement rate mm -hmm. amongst those, those people who do complete the coursework. Um, right now, the placement rate is not where I would like it to be. Sure. And, and so there's a great opportunity for us to reflect on that and, and readdress those issues. I, from a curriculum perspective, not a lot of change. Really just renewing our instructional focus. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I want teachers and our staff to understand, you know, my job is not to, to force change. My job is to support everyone in our organization to ensure that one thing happens at the end of the day, our kids learn. Right. And that our kids get all the services that they're entitled to. And, and that's something that we need to really refocus on. We've, we have been so caught up in the emotion of COVID, mm. the emotion of national politics, 
um, the fact that teachers are under more scrutiny today than ever before, high stakes accountability. I mean, there's, there's a lot to be frustrated by. There's a lot to be angry about. Um, but I'm proud of the fact that we're our teachers and the resiliency we're seeing, we're starting to come out of that. Right. But with that, we need to acknowledge that we need to give our teachers some points of pride to celebrate. Mm -hmm. And we're going into that season. And I'm going to say graduation. Yeah. There is no better day than graduation. The first day of school is an amazing day as well because everybody wants to be there. Everybody's right. excited. All the kids are smiling. They're wearing their best first day of school clothes. <laughs> and then it all goes away, right? Right, right. And you find all these brand new pencils in parking lots when you walk away. <laughs> and it's, it's funny. But, and you know, you got moms crying and dads crying, people taking pictures, you know, first day of third grade, first day. Right. It's a wonderful experience. But it's not graduation mm -hmm. because what graduation is, and I don't care what role you play, in, in, in no matter what school system you work in. And here, obviously, in Polk, no matter what role you play, you have directly influenced that student's outcome. So it's a food service person, it's a custodian, it's a librarian, it's a bus driver, it's a teacher, it's an administrator. Mm. You directly impacted that child's outcome. And what graduation is, it's not just about honoring the kids for having successfully completed the standards. Right. It really is an acknowledgement of 12 years that we have personally and emotionally invested into those kids. Right. And I love that we do elementary graduation walks because they deserve to be a part of that because yeah. they forget. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this kid who is two foot two, when they left them, now walks through and they're six foot eight and they're right. graduating and teachers just boo who cry. Yeah. And it's, that's what I want them to walk away with this year is remember why we're here. You know, and it's, it's, it's overstated, what's your why? Right. But it has to be, we have to remind people, what is your why? Right. You're, pay is always gonna be an issue, politics are always gonna be an issue. We're here because we love kids. Right. And we're all about children, and we are change agents, no matter what issues we're facing. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, we are in the best position every single day. We get a new opportunity with every child who walks through the door to change their lives. Right. There is no more powerful job than that. Yeah. And that's beautifully said because I think that that really gets to the root of sometimes we get are really excited to become teachers and to start the school year and then the disillusionment comes in, the challenges come in, but this is truly, we say it all the time, this is your student's only time to take sixth grade math. That's their yes. one opportunity and we need you there to tie the core values that you have into the work because there's always stuff about the job, any, any job that, that we hate. And we want to give our employees voice in that too. Yeah. I mean that's part of this too is I don't want to just be a system that starts strong and then and then people get frustrated and 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 you know their energy level decreases and then we're looking forward to every next break mm -hmm. right because that's how we survive how do i get to spring break how do i get to thanksgiving break sure we can't be a system that just functions and thrives that way yeah we've got to be a system that was willing to bring forward issues and say this is too much yeah what we're, we're i'm at a breaking point how do we change this how do we solve this right and, and that's what I'm here to do, is to bring about those supports. Yeah, and we love that, because here in recruiting and retention, that's what we're focusing on too. Yes, ma'am. Awesome. Well, we wrap up every show with the same question, mm -hmm. and it, you kind of pretty much have been hitting on it along mm -hmm. the way, but it's called the Ignite Project podcast, because we're trying to ignite different passions in our educators. Mm -hmm. We've had um, people come in talking about growth mindset, to empathy, to building relationships all over. So mm -hmm. um, if you could ignite something in mm -hmm. the Polk County Public Schools educators, or educators nationwide, what would that be? Reignite their heart, mm -hmm. their passion for what we do. Yeah, It's been hard on all of us. It's really, it gets me emotional because at the end of the day, I watch our teachers and I hear from them and I see their emails and I, I see their frustration on play out on social media and other places. Mm -hmm. And there are times where you just want to give everybody a hug. Right. 
But you cannot forget why we're here. No one went into public education because we weren't good enough for something else. Mm. This is absolutely a calling. And they deserve to have a cheerleader who recognizes that and is going to hold them up as shining stars in the change agents that they are. And, yeah. and that's what I want them to remember. I want, if I can reignite that passion, why did you come into education in the first place? Right. And, and if I can sustain that for them, then I, I can die a happy person. <laughs> I, I am not here just to get every school to an A. I'm not here to just you know, to get everybody pay raises, which would be fantastic because <laughs> that's part of the problem. <laughs> right. But at the end of the day, I just want to make sure that every kid who walks out of our school system had the best high quality educational experience, not just academics, mm-hmm. educational experience, holistically. Right. You know, social emotional development, exposure to the arts, exposure to athletics and other opportunities, and that they become good citizens. And, and if I can reignite that spark, that energy, that passion that drives us each day, um, then again, I will be very satisfied. I love it. That's awesome. Thanks. And I think that that is definitely going to make a huge impact on the retention of teachers and, and seeing great teachers stay in our classrooms. Yeah. So Thank I, you. I appreciate you leading by example. Appreciate your time <laughs> giving us this your insights on these questions. Sure. And perfect finale for season sure. two. You got me. You almost made me cry. I know. That's pretty good. Almost. (laughs) Awesome. We'll see you guys next time. Are you fired up? You can continue to fuel the fire by connecting with us here in teacher engagement. Every month we host virtual all teacher seminars, and we also have ongoing programs designed to support teachers wherever they're at in their teaching career. Whether you're a new teacher or a teacher leader, there is a way to get plugged in. Follow us on social media at at TeachEngagePCPS to see all that we have going on. Let's keep that spark alive and join forces with others who have chosen to stay ignited. Thanks for joining us. You can subscribe to the Ignite Project on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or watch online at the Polk County Public Schools YouTube channel. To learn more about the Ignite Project and other Polk County Public Schools podcasts, go to polkschoolsfl.com forward slash podcasts.